for your word this morning. We give you thanks for your son, Jesus, and for the ways in which he goes out of his way to meet with us. Let us hear a word from you that we might become your word and your love in the world. It's in your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I am uh, not going to lie that we feel a little bit like we're in the wilderness. Um, This is uh, a surreal moment for many of us as we've uh, looked throughout the globe, as we've looked throughout our nation. Um, uh, I know all of it started as a roller coaster, and I'm afraid to say that my sermons have all had to be tailored since the NCAA cut their tournament. But that kind of uh, started to create a chain reaction throughout the globe from, you know, the NBA and to, I was on the plane actually, going to California on Thursday for a meeting that we were having. And I had already emailed, are we going to have the meeting? And the answer was yes on Wednesday. So Thursday morning, I got on that plane on Hawaiian Airlines going, going straight to California. And then sure enough, two hours into that plane ride, apparently my wife gets a call saying, the meeting's been canceled, and the bishop was calling, trying to get a hold of you, and told me. And so I got on the, off the plane, got back on the plane, and came back all in the same day. So I had about 12 hours of travel, like, you know, the trans-Pacific travel that I've had uh, over this past week. But um, I was on the plane ride back with the whole UH basketball team, and then talking to um, the photographer who was sitting next to me, and just um, the wilderness that he was experiencing. I mean, his uh, life was to take pictures of all of the sporting events at UH that they have and, and to process those and help do social media and different things. And, and he's now wondering what he's going to be doing for the next few weeks. Uh, I mean, he's lucky enough, I think, that he knows that he's going to have a job, or at least as he goes forward for now because he's a salaried employee at UH. But there, there's many right now that might not have that luxury. Many people that are wondering what's going to be next for them. Many people that, uh, whether they're working in homes, uh, doing therapy, or whether they're going and being with someone uh, with social work, are wondering what is going to happen. And and as I think about the wilderness, I think about our scripture reading this morning, uh, I couldn't help but think about one of those times that I, I remember feeling that way, or this way that we feel right now. And, and I know it's, a, it's kind of a funny example, but um, many, you, I've talked about it many times here at our church that I, I've spent time in Japan. I was teaching English in Japan, but uh, the thing is, is that when I went to Japan, I didn't know anything about Japanese, right? And so I, I'd been there a couple times before, and I knew how to say thank you, arigato, and I knew how to say uh, please, and and that was about all I knew. I didn't know where's the bathroom, uh, where's the train station, uh, what is what I'm looking at with the strange characters that were in front of me. And, and I remember the moment that I realized I was really, truly in a foreign country without knowledge of what I'm doing. And I was walking in the aisles of the grocery store. And so if you have found yourself in a grocery store or in a market at another place, you, uh, you find yourself lost for a minute. And I remember looking at the cans and trying to say to myself, what in the world is this? I had to give up any uh, pre-made meals, not because I didn't want to do them, but because I couldn't read the instructions of what to put in what. I had to make everything from scratch, and so I attribute my cooking skills to my time in Japan. Because I would go onto our English websites to find out the ingredients, and I could at least figure out 
tomatoes versus ketchup <laughs> was an easy difference. But I, I remember one time I was there looking for a can of tuna. And it seems like an easy way, but in Japan, they had a few different types of tuna cans. And one of them was one with water, which is what we're used to getting. But then the other one was the one with oil, which is not my cup of tea. And I remember trying to figure out, and for some reason, there's blue on the oil one and like yellow on the water one. It's, you have to read the kanji to figure it out. And I'm, so, I'm looking at both of them. And I know I've gotten it wrong in the past. I just could not remember which way I got it wrong. And then up walked just this gracious, friendly Japanese grandma that came and knew just enough, right, English. You know, she, she could figure it out by uh, me holding up the can and saying, Mizu, Mizu, water, water. And then she, hi, yes, yes, water. And it was in that moment that I, I felt this sense of, like, relief that someone was on my side. And since that day, I know many of us go to grocery stores and experience the opposite here. You know, the, the photo takers at our uh, Whole Foods here in Kailua Town of trying to figure out what this is. Are, are, what's this? And I remember since that moment, I've, I've made a point when I'm not too much in a rush to ask people. When I, I know they're struggling in that grocery store to, to figure out what that is, to ask them as much as I'm able, even though I don't, might not know their language, but to give a sense of direction, a sense of hope for those people, even if it's just helping them pick out an item at the store. Jesus was not on his way from Judea to Galilee. Jesus went out of his way to Samaria. He did not need to be there, but he went there. And as he was there in Samaria, Samaria was the place where nothing good could come from Samaria. If you were a, a religious Jew at the time, you wouldn't even talk, let alone sit with, let alone have a whole conversation to a Samaritan. And given the times, you certainly wouldn't have done it with a woman. But there Jesus was, out of his way, in the wilderness, so to speak finds himself at a well. And not only, not only does he sit there and spend time in that no good place, the woman walks up to get water and he begins to talk to her. Which to us uh, seems like nothing, but it, it to this woman surely would have been like that Japanese grandma who just gave me direction. And they begin to talk, and she's just so flabbergasted by the fact that Jesus was willing to talk to her. That, Like in many other situations, she didn't really know what in the world Jesus was talking about. Asks her for water, and then starts talking about living water. But there was something about that seemingly meaningless conversation that this Samaritan woman had with Jesus. That changed her. She went into the city and she began to tell the people of Samaria, um, Samaria about this experience that she had. And then the people of no good Samaria, where nothing good could come from it, began to believe. Through this strange interaction, this strange encounter, 
I'm imagining that when you have found yourself in the wilderness, whether it's as silly as being unwilling to stop to get directions pre-iPhones and GPSs, that there was someone along that journey when you were lost that you didn't expect to encounter that gave you a sense of hope, of peace, even if you didn't know exactly at that time, you look back at it and you say, I'm so thankful that they were there and willing to help. See, we find ourselves in wilderness and in fact, in a wilderness now. And we just need signs of hope and direction. And I can't tell you what this is going to look like. Certainly, we're being advised not to be touching one another and, you know, picking up that well water. But the interesting thing about this scripture passage is that Jesus never actually gets his water. And the lady, after this encounter with Jesus, leaves her bucket. She leaves it, and she goes back to the city. It was so impactful for her that she couldn't help but go and share the good news. What is that conversation going to look like for you throughout these weeks of wilderness that it looks like we're going to find ourselves in? We're currently in the season of Lent. We're talking about wilderness and the God of the wilderness, and then we find ourselves globally in this place of confusion and concern and worry, and so many people right now feel lost, and perhaps you're one of them. But Christ is with us. The Spirit goes beyond the boundaries of our walls that we can worship online, for goodness sakes. Hopefully, it's still going. But you can be hope to your neighbor. You can be hope to your colleagues. You can be that compass amidst this chaotic storm one who trusts in the God of the universe as the storm is going around you and the lightning and the thunder and you're singing praises, shout to the Lord, all the earth. That's our call as Christians. The early church, remember when I said the signs of Christ, peace, that they would share with one another. One of the reasons they did that is because if they did the kiss of peace, which is what they often did, which we're not encouraging people to do now, they'd get outed by someone looking to persecute them. Sharing the peace of Christ through a kiss, communion, and baptism were one of the ways in which the early Romans and Pharisees would out Christians. So we came up with ways of signaling to each other hope without being able to put our lives at risk. Peace. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Communications like the fish that you see on cars. Symbols of Christian gatherings that weren't the cross. So that they could be safe together. We can be safe and we can be signs of hope and peace in the world and the community. So I invite you to pray. I invite you to Allow the Holy Spirit to pull at your heart. 
Perhaps to do something as simple as helping someone figure out water versus oil in a tuna can. This is our opportunity to be lights of the world. To proclaim the good news that even though we feel isolated and separated and things are canceled and we're worried about our jobs, that truly nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And the fellowship of us as believers can transcend the crisis. That we can find ways to experience God's hope and to embody it in small ways. Be that hope. Know that hope. Be God's love. I invite you to pray with me. God of the chaos, God of the wilderness. Just as that Samaritan woman comes and is shocked and in awe and in bewilderment at the conversation that she had with you, that you were mindful of even her, of even the Samaritans. We're reminded that there is not a child, a person, an animal, a creature, a being on this earth that you are not mindful of. And so where people suffer and where people are in isolation and when people are in confusion and feeling chaos, you're there. You're with us. You're with them. You suffer when we suffer. You lament when we cry out. And so we pray for the world, for the places of pain and brokenness, and also the places where uh, new life will form, where these difficult wilderness times produce opportunities for new connections and new gatherings, new ways to share your love. And we pray for your creation, all that you've made around us, that we can experience the beauty of the mountains and the sea and know your love for us. And we pray for our nation with stock markets taken, roller coasters, and then the ramifications on closing down travels and the hospitality industries and just so many from the athletes to the, the people in the stands, or not the people in the stands, but the workers in the stands, to all the people that are affected by this crisis, we pray your peace upon. And for them to experience signs of hope. And for our local church, we pray that we might pray together how we, even though we might not be physically together, might be those signs of hope. We especially pray for the people that we know that are affected most in our communities here in Hawaii, 
our neighbors that might be furloughed, those who are quarantined because of travels, and those who themselves have the COVID virus. And the the fear and uh, the worry about spreading and creating more pain uh, that rests upon their shoulders, we pray peace to them. And And the decision makers and the nurses and the doctors, we pray peace upon them. That none of us make 100% right decisions. And we're all navigating the wilderness. But we still have your grace. And that's, in fact, what grace is, that we don't deserve your lavish love that you give upon us. And when we pray for your kingdom to come here on earth as it is in heaven, it's not that all wrongs might be right, as we might be waiting some time. But it's that we might experience your peace. Here, now, that the kingdom might percolate up. And even in the wilderness, we might find that living water. So I invite you at home and those of us here this morning to, well, our leaders here this morning, to pray the Lord's Prayer with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and we forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. And I is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.